Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Wow, wow, wow. Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving weekend for all the Americans that are watching or here. We get to celebrate again in November, but today this is Canadian Thanksgiving. And a, what, talking about a beautiful October day out there. It's, it's amazing, our weather. We do need some rain, so I figured out we need to pray for rain from midnight to 4 a.m., and then let it be sunny the rest of the day. Amen? How many of you know from British Columbia that that might not happen that way, that rain is probably coming at some point in time, right? So, um, hallelujah. Um, Thanksgiving weekend should celebrate what we do every day of the year. A lifestyle of thankfulness. If we don't carry it, we need to find Jesus. <laughs> what Jesus did on that cross and his resurrected power gives us, I'm going to say, demands or commands us to live in thankfulness. As a believer in Jesus Christ, we are to walk in thanksgiving every day. In the middle of a storm, we thank God for his goodness to help us through the storm. We thank God for his power, his authority that allows us to walk through every challenge that we have on the face of this earth in our life. Amen? This morning, uh, you know, Chuck and Rianne and the whole team, just powerful, powerful. And I just want to say thank you to Colin back there, too, our sound man. And, uh, you know, sound men make or break. They're part of the band. And so often they don't get seen, but they actually get heard every Sunday. <laughs> and thank you, Angel and the whole team and Justin, everybody who serves on camera and keeps this all going and this all going and it's an amazing group that come here every Sunday to allow us to come in and thank God in a thankful heart and uh, that service is part of thankfulness it's just amazing um, we sang glory hallelujah I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies so any enemy praise God in front of it any attack, praise God in front of the attack. Psalms talks about God sitting on his throne laughing at his enemies. Think if we had the attitude that if there was an attack of the enemy, we laughed at it. What do you mean I got a sore back? <laughs> That's dumb. I have Jesus in me. Anything in my body is under submission of the authority of Jesus Christ. So pain, get out, because you don't belong in here, in Jesus' name. Rianne's saying we are on the winning side. She's prophesying we are on the winning side. If you actually think about it, the win is already. The winning is just looking for us to walk in it. So the win has already happened. Not wind. Win. The win, the winning has already happened. 
The win happened. The winning is looking for us to walk in it. The winning is actually crying out for you and I to walk in the win that Christ did on a resurrected day. So, the win, the freedom, the joy, the happiness, the life everlasting is right here. When you feel down, depressed, sick, saddened, heavy laden, you have literally stepped yourself out of the win. If you ever feel something that's not the kingdom of God in you, you have stepped back from the win. The wind just needs the willful heart to enter back into the winning. When you enter into the win of Christ Jesus, then you are on the winning team on this earth. We sang, you, O God, are worthy of our praise. I just love it. I have no idea what songs they're going to sing. They actually sang a big part of my message this morning. You, O God, are worthy of our praise. Do we believe that? So in reality, if we don't praise, we rob God of what he deserves. (laughs) If we don't praise him, we steal from him what literally enthrones him on the throne. Our praises. Our praises enthrone God on the throne. He's already on the throne, but in our lives, he's not on the throne in our lives if we're not praising him. It's actually a good message right here. I just need to listen to worship. And if we don't praise God, we rob him of what he deserves And our worry gives that praise to the enemy. Praise is praise. It can be good, it can be bad. Praise is praise. You can't change praise. It just depends where your praise is going. The more I worry about my health, pain in my body, sickness, cancers, tumors... My praise goes to the sickness. The more I let the sickness stop me from praising God, I rob God. I'm no longer enthroning him in my life, and I rob him, and I enthrone the sickness in my life. I think a huge part of our sicknesses, our problems, our depression is because we praise the wrong thing. Time, spending time with God is praising him. Spending time dwelling on your problems is praising the problem. Donna proclaimed over us all that we are created for such a time as this. So in reality, the season that you're in right now is actually your destiny. So live destiny in thankfulness. God created you for such a time as this. Biblical principle. You are breathing. Just everyone breathe in. Breathe out. We're spreading germs. No, I'm just kidding. 
if anyone didn't breathe, we need to pray for them, okay? Because they might be dead right now. But, but when I asked us to breathe in, we breathed in physically. God's asking us to breathe in emotionally and spiritually. Our thankfulness is not about the physical. Our thankfulness is about the spiritual. Our thankfulness is not just we were able to get here this morning. We have shoes on our feet. We have food being prepared for our bellies right after the service. That's thankfulness of the physical goodness that we have and we receive. What God's looking for is the thankfulness of our heart attitude, our spirit, our emotions, and our will. There was a young woman who brought her fiancé home to meet her parents for Thanksgiving dinner. After dinner, her mother told her father to find out about this young man because they had never met him before, and they're now engaged to be married. So the father invited the fiancé to his study for a talk. I've had a talk with my future son-in-laws. And they might have felt a little nervous, you have to ask them. But I had a good talk with them. And so this father says to this young man, so what are your plans? The father asked this young man, what are you going to do? What, what's your plans? Well, the young man replied, I'm a Bible scholar. A Bible scholar, the father says. Hmm. It's admirable, very admirable to be a Bible scholar. But what will you do to provide a nice house for my daughter to live in? The young man says, I will study, and God will provide. And the father said, okay, and how will you buy her a beautiful engagement ring such as one she deserves? The young man says, I will concentrate on my studies, and God will provide for us. Oh, the father says, and the children? How will you support your children? Don't worry, sir, God will provide, replied the fiancé. So the conversation proceeded like this, and each time the father questioned him, the young idealist insisted that God would provide. So later, the mother talks to her husband and says, so how did it go, honey? And the father answered, well, this young man has no jobs, no plans, and he thinks I'm God. <laughs> Ephesians 5, verse 19 Tells Christians, Ephesians 5.19 tells us to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody, that's music, in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always, not part time. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. This is a, com a command for us as believers. And if you're in this room and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to take the time to believe in him. Believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you're watching online, believe. John 3.16 is very clear. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's Jesus Christ that whoever believes in him shall be saved. You just have to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of this world, of this earth, of your life, and you 
get to walk in to salvation. Confess with your mouth. Oh, it's important that we confess. Yes, I believe. Yes, I believe in Jesus Christ. So to all the ones who believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that you and I are to speak to each other in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Ooh, that sounds a little bit awkward. Because some people are a little tone deaf. What does that look like? We Imagine if we all just, I mean, I, I can't stand musicals, I'll be honest with you. They just make, drive me crazy. I know my wife loves, amen. I know wife, my wife loves them and sometimes I'll listen to them and... And, but as soon as the guy starts singing, I just go, oh, my goodness. Just say what you need to say. But in reality, maybe the musicals are actually following Scripture a little bit better, and I need a correction. I don't know. May, imagine if we all went up to each other, hey, hello, how is your day today? You know, I mean, who knows what we would do, right? Kevin can sing. We heard him sing at the conference. I've got it. I've got it on video. He says, I wasn't really singing. I have it on video. Sounded good. First Thessalonians 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. That's actually a fairly powerful verse. First Thessalonians 5, verse 16. Ha! That's it. Two words. It's kind of scripture a lot of people like to read because it's only short, but the reality is, is many people read over it and don't receive it. Well, it's too complicated. No, 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 no. It's actually very simple. Rejoice always. It means be joyful always. Verse 17. How do you do this? Pray without ceasing. That means to continually be in prayer. What's the word prayer? Prosakomai. What does it mean? It means humbly ask and then focus on worship. Humbly ask when you go in to pray, Father, I need this, and then go into worship. Father, help me, and then go into thank you for giving me the strength. Thank you for the power and the authority I have through Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean camp out for a half an hour, giving all your demands, and then saying amen. That's actually not prayer. Not prayer in Scripture. Not this prayer. Prosecomai, it's not Prayer, prayer. It, this word in the scripture is literally, now I'm not saying petitions, that's different. Prayer, the act of prayer is to humbly ask and then worship him and praise him. It's my prayer life. I actually used to, actually I've never spent a ton of time begging. My wife has a gift of intercession. I'm amazed at how many hours she can pray. My gift of intercession is like, God, this needs to happen. Now I'm going to celebrate you and worship you. I'll spend hours in the worship and a few moments in the request. Because I think of if I was a son, let's just say one of your children come up to you. And they're like, yeah, Dad, I really need this. I need the car. I need the keys to the car. I need, I need money. I, I don't have enough money. I, I, I need help in 
and actually I need those people to change because my needs are more important than theirs. So I need this. And you as a dad or a mom would sit there and look at him or her and say, you need to go to your room and read your Bible or something. I bet you my daughters have mastered this gift. They come to me with a need, but they don't always start with the need. Dad, you're an amazing father. We love you so much. And you know what? It worked. It works over and over again. Susa Jonke and her husband, they're, they're moving into the interior of B.C., and they, they put their house on the market, I think, just uh, eight days ago or a week or two, couple weeks ago. And in a market that's already dropping, their house sold one offer in eight days. Boom. We celebrate the Lord. We thank him for his provision and his goodness. But if it didn't, we still will celebrate the Lord because his timing is perfect and it's not always ours. Pray without ceasing. In other words, humbly ask and spend 99.9% of the rest of the time in praise. Because how do we know that? Look at verse 18, explains it. In everything, give thanks. How do we pray continually? Giving thanks, a lifestyle of thankfulness. Not focusing on the needs and not focusing on the problems. If we start focusing on the problems, I believe we no longer enthrone God in our life. And we actually begin to enthrone the problems. If I'm so, I'm worried about our country. I'm massively worried about our country. I think our, our, uh, our federal po policies and po politics right now are absolutely not good. Okay, that's my personal belief. You can believe whatever you want. But if I dwell all my time on the issues of the day, I take my praise, because you praise continually in your heart, so wherever your heart is is where your praise is going. I take my praise from enthroning my God, and I put my time, my praise, to enthrone exactly what I'm against. <laughs> In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. You want to know the will of God in your life? Give thanks. You know what the will of God is? That you enthrone him in your praise. That you and I love him to such a level that 24-7 our mindsets are always geared to thankfulness of his goodness and his glory. That's your, that's your calling. That's my calling. It's to be a super good son that loves his father unconditionally. I, I celebrate when my own kids and, and Kevin and the team have a problem come in. Don't get drawn down in the problem. 
but begin to realize, is it my problem or is it theirs? If it's theirs, we're going to help them, but I'm not going to carry it because my heart is in praise. Oof. Paul's main subject here when he was writing this is praise and thanksgiving. But look at the other important words in these verses, continually and in all circumstances. Continually and in all circumstances. Continually, let's say it together, continually and in all circumstances. It sounds like Paul is speaking about a church service, especially in Ephesians. But literally it says, speak to one another with psalms and praises. He's actually not speaking about a church service. He's actually speaking about a continual attitude as a believer as a Christian. We have it in our church service, and I thank the Lord for it, but we, it, Paul's actually speaking this personally to every individual, every believer in Jesus. There's a daughter who wrote home from college, and I say this because thanksgiving is the attitude of a heart. So this, this girl was off in college, and she writes to her mom, sorry I haven't written sooner, but my arm really has been broken. I broke it and I broke my left leg when I jumped from the second floor of my dormitory. When we had the fire, I jumped. We were lucky. A young service station attendant saw the blaze and called the fire department. They were there within minutes. I was in the hospital for a few days. Billy, the service station attendant, came to see me every day. And because it was taking so long to get our dormitory livable again, I moved in with him. He has been so nice, I must admit, that I am pregnant. Billy and I plan to get married just as soon as he can get a divorce. I hope things are fine at home. I'm doing fine. And we'll write more when I get the chance. Love, your daughter Susie. P.S. None of the above is true, but I did get a C in sociology and flunk chemistry. I just wanted you to receive the news in its proper perspective. Sometimes what our kids, our children, our grandkids, or the people around us do, we see it out of perspective because it angers us so quickly, we get offended so fast. You did what? You put regular gasoline in my car, which was premium? Are you nuts? Hey, Dad, settle down. It actually won't hurt it. You did what? You rode your bicycle on, the, on the, my fresh seeded grass? Well, I'm thankful you could actually ride a bicycle. And at least you didn't ride it into the street and get run over. What's the perspectives? Our nation, we're done. The Canada's crashing, it's falling. We're doomed. Christ is returning. I agree, Christ is returning. I wouldn't say our nation is done. I wouldn't say we're doomed because if you think we're doomed, you need Jesus a little more again. We're not doomed. I go to countries that are in more doom and gloom than us. We need to be thankful in all circumstances. We need the proper perspective. 
of how God sees the circumstances and how our eyes should see what he sees and our ears hear what he hears. And we do what we see the Father do. That's, that's the life of Christ Jesus right there. When we realize that we don't actually live in a war, but instead we live in victory, as I talked earlier, we sang this, we actually, when we realize we actually live in victory, our life is from a lifestyle uh, destined for victory. Victory has already happened. It's right here. When we realize that if things aren't right, just step back here. When we, when we live like that, we actually have a proper Christian perspective on the days and the times. So many prophets prophesy outside of victory. You have old school prophets, old covenant, and you have new covenant. Our prophetic words, they can, if they're truly of God, will foretell future events, absolutely. If they don't happen, then you need to be talked to. We need accountability in the prophetic, amen? Like, seriously. Everyone's a prophet on social media. It's unbelievable. If you are outside of win, victorious mentality, if you live outside of that, everything you hear will be skewed by where your heart is. When we live in, victori in victorious living, everything we hear will be skewed in victory. In war, battle, fighting, hope I survive, I've already won. The problem's not that big. Here are four attitudes that keep many of us from being thankful. And there's many, many, many more. But one of the attitudes that keeps us from being thankful is pride. Pride is the attitude that'll say, nobody ever gave me anything. I didn't receive nothing. I worked for every penny I got. It's mine. And I guarantee you, you come to take it, you ain't getting it. That's pride. I built it. This is my way. My way or the highway. That's pride. I don't need anybody. I just got myself because nobody loves me and nobody cares for me. I just got me. Pride. With this kind of attitude, we feel that we have no one to thank but ourselves. The second attitude that keeps us from being thankful is a critical spirit. A critical spirit will always feel the need to critique things and critique other people. It's interesting. I walk through this every day. I love sound. I love things. And I'm not saying we shouldn't make things better. But with a critical spirit, you think that you are higher than everybody else. Your way is the highway. And you're critiquing them to justify your position or your knowledge or so to be. They will always feel their way is the best, their way is always right, and the only way to do things. The third attitude that can keep us from being thankful is a constant complaining spirit. Anybody know, don't say their names out loud. You know somebody that it just seems like every time you go to them, they're always negative. If you know someone like that, just put your hand up. Well, a lot of people are shy. 
oh, maybe you're, th no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's interesting, though, being a pastor, I get to meet a lot of people, and there are some people that just live in negativity. They're always complaining. It's never good enough. That is a sure way to take out thankfulness in your heart. A lady known as an incurable grumbler in the church constantly complained about everything. At last, her preacher thought he had found something about which she would be very happy, for her farm crop was the finest for miles around. And when he met her, he said with a beaming smile, you must be very happy, Mary. Your crop is amazing. Everyone is saying how healthy your potatoes look this year. And the lady responded, true, they are pretty good. But what am I going to do when I need bad ones to feed the pigs? I don't know. Feed them good ones. <laughs> the fourth attitude that keeps us from being thankful is carelessness. Someone once said that if the stars only came out once a year, we would stay out all night and watch them. But the stars are there every night, so we have grown accustomed to them. Familiarity can actually create carelessness. Familiarity is what stopped Jesus Christ from being the prophet and the healer in his, whole, in his own town to the potential that he could have. Familiarity. It's a careless spirit. Even familiarity to come into this church, we have to be careful. Even Chris Mathis warned about it last, on the, last weekend during the conference. He warned about it. Because it's easy for us to be familiar and many times familiarity creates a careless heart and a careless attitude, a lack of thankfulness, and that lack of thankfulness will actually become some form of bitterness over time. And unthankfulness, carelessness, looks for a reason or a problem to get away. The Israelites grumbled and complained. Because they had no food. So God miraculously sent manna, like a crust-like bread, most theologians would say. Some say it's something different. And they'd cover the ground each day. Then they started to grumble because it was the same thing every day. So miraculously, God's providing a miracle of food, provision of food. How would you and I feel right now if we didn't have to buy groceries? But you know what? We probably would actually grumble a little bit because it wasn't the groceries we wanted. I thank the Lord they're not providing me with curry. I don't mind curry. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm saying that because Kevin and I have this curry thing. He wants to go to curry. And I, I'm like, I was in India for like 21 days straight. And where we were ministering and the crusades we were doing, there was no McDonald's, there was no American food. It was like one restaurant and it was curry. And we would go into the restaurant each morning and the air conditioning was off, musty, rat run by, and it's just the smell of curry. I'm not against curry at all in any way. But I had curry breakfast, morning, and night. Any snack was curry. Everything was curry. After three weeks of this, I was down. They started making me chicken fried rice. And I thanked the Lord for chicken fried rice. I had chicken fried rice breakfast, morning, supper, and snacks. 
and I made it through. And I'm not against curry. I actually really enjoy some butter chicken and some different things. So, um, but uh, so please, I'm not against curry in any way. If you like curry, bless you. I like sushi, and a lot of people don't like sushi. They're like, eww. But you see what, in reality, with the Israelites, they actually lost sight of the miracle around them. The familiarity with the same miracle every single day, they lost sight of the miracle. Every day they had this miracle, but they no longer were satisfied. Every day we wake up, you have breath, that's a miracle. Especially if you wake up in a bed. You've got a bed. Especially if it's in a house that's actually got a roof on it. Compared to a huge part of the population of this world, that's the miracle right there. Especially if you have more than one pair of shoes, or you have shoes at all, that's a miracle. Or even more than one pair of clothes, miraculous. Even if you had one Bible, not alone five in a box, it's a miracle. And if you have a car to get into and any form of money in your bank account, you are now in the top 3% of world population. It's all perspective. Rudyard Kipling was a great writer and a poet. Unlike many old writers, Kipling was one of the few who had opportunity to enjoy his success while he lived. Many writers enjoy their success after they die. Kind of painters, too. Once the people die, wow, the value goes up. He also made a great deal of money at his trade. One time, a newspaper reporter came up to him and said, Mr. Kipling, I just read that somebody calculated that the money you make from your writings amounts to over $100 a word. Mr. Kipling raised his eyebrows and said, really? I certainly wasn't aware of that. And the reporter cynically reached down into his pocket and pulled out $100 bill and gave it to Kipling and said, here's a $100 bill, Mr. Kipling. Now, you give me one of your $100 words. Mr. Kipling took the money, 100 bucks, put it in his pocket, and said thanks. <laughs> but he's actually right. That's a million-dollar word. Thanks. Thank you. Well, that's two words. That's two million. Or two hundred dollars or whatever it is. Thanks is one word that is too seldom heard, too rarely spoken, and too often forgotten. If we would adopt an attitude of thanksgiving into our lives, our lives would be changed. We would savor each day more. If any nations should be thankful to God and grateful for his goodness, it should be Canada and America. <laughs> wow. 54 nations I've been in. I thank the Lord when I set foot in that Vancouver airport. I thank the Lord. I don't like all, I mean, it's beautiful, the fish sounds and the birds are chirping in that. You know, when you walk from the international side, they got this nice walkway. Have you ever been through the airport? Vancouver's got one of the nicest airports in North America. It's rated as one of the highest, North, highest airports in North America. A little slow on baggage, but the walk is nice. <laughs> thanksgiving must be expressed. If we don't express thanksgiving in our heart, then what becomes our testimony? Unhappy Christians? Well, we sure won't fill the buildings up that way. We sure won't fill the home groups up that way. 
we sure won't increase the bride of Christ family that way. Psalms 100, David talks about, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your hearts. <laughs> he also speaks in 107, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. We must express our thanks to God and the others around us. I thank the Lord every day for that woman that's sitting on the front row called my wife. First of all, she said yes. 30, over 34, almost 35 years ago, she said yes. And in a week, we celebrate 34 years of covenant life. Some people say it's a life sentence. No, it's a life covenant. I celebrate Mallory. I celebrate Timothy, a grandson. I celebrate our kids. I celebrate Donna. I celebrate Kevin. I celebrate John. I celebrate Jeremy. I celebrate all of you. Every day we come to church. Sharon and I pray in the car coming down the freeway. We are celebrating you. We pray blessings over you. We speak blessings over everyone who is even connected in any way to the ministry called Windward. We celebrate you. Because we know your destiny is so big, so big. And the problems of this earth are not to stop your destinies. The things around you that go wrong are to strengthen you and empower you to become mighty men and mighty women of God. Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11, we read about the 10 men that were healed. Now it happened as Jesus, as he, that's Jesus, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Verse 12, then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They weren't allowed to come to him. They were lepers. They had to stay away from him. And so they cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Verse 14, and so when Jesus saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. Interesting. He didn't have to take the glory. He didn't have to be the one to lay hands on. He wanted the favor and the blessings to actually go to the priests of the day. I believe to impact those priests' lives and to impact the lepers at the same time. Go, show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, just one, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving Jesus thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And so Jesus answered and said, were there not ten of you that were cleansed? Where are the other nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? 
do you not have a home? Do you not have a family? Do you not have food? Are you not free to come and gather as believers even during the last season of a pandemic? We still had freedoms. We still had God. We actually still had each other. I won't say how we did it here, but it was just the pandemic. But we never lost hope. We never lost the fire. We never lost the presence. And we never lost community. And we never lost family. I'm talking, we've lost people that have died. I'm talking, we haven't lost what Christ is returning for. Verse 19, and Jesus said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Interesting. He was already healed. But you see, in the eyes of Jesus, in the eyes of God, the greatest miracle is not the physical body. The greatest miracle and blessings should not come from the physical ownerships of things. The greatest miracle that we could ever have and the greatest blessing that we could have is that our hearts change, that we walk into the wind, the wind side, and we praise him, we celebrate him, we enthrone him in our praises. That means our praises create royalty. Our praises create his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our praises and our thankfulness literally rip open the heaven's gates and say, I'm stepping in, I'm jumping in, I'm running in. And Deuteronomy 10 starts to happen, and the blessings surpass you. They overtake you. We must not look at the blessings of the world for our praise. Or every problem will take us out of a thankful We look to this, the living word of God, the foundation of our life. And we say humbly, humbly, thank you, God, for our little children that want to sing, want to preach. I love it. Whenever our grandsons, right now we have all grandsons, whenever our grandsons cry, I say, oh, they're singing. They're either singing for mommy, for food, they're singing for something. But when you get older and you cry like that, yelling, trying to get your way, I call you a grumbling group. Don't do it. We stand on his word, his truth that sets us free.
Let's all stand. This man, out of ten lepers, was the only one that came back to thank Jesus, to thank God. Life-changing event. And Jesus says, arise and go your way. Your faith, your thankfulness, his faith is believing in something that we've hoped for yet have not seen. It's a thankful heart knowing that it's going to be okay. It's going to be good. No matter what we go through, it will be okay. And it will be good. As long as we hold this book, its writings, the spoken word of God in our hearts, it'll be good. It'll be okay. It doesn't mean we celebrate the problems. But I already thank the Lord that nothing is too big to separate us from him. That nothing can be in our way that will take us out of the ability to have a thankful heart. Nothing. Nothing can get in the way if we don't let it. When martyrs are getting ready to be hung or shot with a gun. If they would just deny their Christ, they could live, say the captors, the executioner. Every story, including family friend that was martyred in South America, missionary friend. Every account says they were worshiping and praising God. Wow. That's thankfulness. That's thankfulness. I pray this morning, Lord God, anybody watching online, anybody in this room, I pray, oh God, that we don't stay focused on the problems and the issues. That our focus, our time, our praise is focused on you, on the truth that sets us free. I thank you, oh Lord God, for everyone in this house. I thank you in advance for the unsaved waiting to be told about a, a beautiful, joyful, thankful lifestyle by the power of our testimony. I thank you for our children. I thank you for the children yet unborn. I thank you in advance, Lord God, for the ones that will walk through this building's doors. Uh, and it won't be about a building. It'll be about a family inside. It'll be about a family that is thankful, that loves God with all their hearts. I thank you, Lord God, for every prophetic word that's been given to every one of us in this place. And I thank you, Lord God, that we have breath to breathe, life to live. 
and that you have called us to live continually in the wind side <laughs> the victory the victorious lifestyle of a believer the happiest people on the face of the earth should be the believers I mean your neighbor should look at you and say what are you so happy about instead some go talk to the actually most don't even talk to the neighbors they don't like them let's not get buried into the conversations of the problems let's instead turn our focus to the answer to the way the truth and the life i see in the spirit burdens falling off heavy weights that have been hanging on falling off right now in jesus name just Matter of fact, don't just let them go. Kick them out of your life. Thoughts of pain, thoughts of problems, thoughts of issues, even abuse of the past, let it go in Jesus' name. Just let it go. No longer it is your focus. No longer. Your focus is you are a daughter of the King. You are a son of the King. You are called with purpose. You are called with destiny. You are called to live victoriously on this earth. You are called. The more thankful we have, the more favor and the more blessings of his kingdom come and his will be done will be poured out upon us. You will be showered in blessings. You are showered in blessings. The blessings are coming and overtaking every one of us in this place. As we thank him, our Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit, and our Father God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. As the rest of Canada celebrates this day of Thanksgiving, so many have the whole wrong interpretation. A meal, drinking, party, and everything else. But you know what? The whole meaning of the Thanksgiving was actually thanking God for the blessings that we have in the nation. That was the founders of the Thanksgiving weekend in Canada. And so we stand in thankfulness. We stand knowing we are blessed. Say, I am blessed right now. I am blessed. I am thankful. I am wonderfully created. Little peculiar, but wonderfully created. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is our strength. You need strength, find joy. Sit on Sit in your home and laugh at the enemy. As God does on his throne, he laughs at his enemy. <laughs> you little enemy, you are so small, you don't deserve any of my time. You don't deserve it. Can we believe that? Look to someone to your left and say, you're better looking now than when you came in. Look to your right and say, I'm still praying for you, but you're good looking too. Have an amazing Thanksgiving weekend. We have a prayer team up front here. If you want personal prayer, come on up and we'll spend some time with you. Pray, let's sing something happy and thankful.